0: Welcome back to the 401. This past Sunday, we all witnessed one of the most exciting and entertaining Super Bowls ever. All of the hype of the two best teams and two best quarterbacks did not disappoint, and everyone put on a hell of a show. Congratulations to the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. What an incredible finish to another amazing NFL season. And now that that league is over, we can finally focus on the new league kicking off this weekend, the rebranded XFL. That's right. Back-to-back intros with the xfl we will be following up our super bowl recap on today's show with a little xfl preview everything you need to know to get ready for kickoff this saturday plus do we think our beloved battle hawks have what it takes to be one of the best teams in the league all right let's get this thing started it's the 401 with your host tanner ward and nick dushkin
1: i'm not sold on Jalen hurts yet what (laughs) Sorry guys. Sorry. You're
0: not sold. He is and a the, good
1: quarterback.
0: He's a great I quarterback.
1: Think, I don't think he's a great quarterback.
0: He's I think he's one of the top six to eight in the league.
1: Well, that happens when you have two of the top wide receivers, too. I mean, those so all right. There's there's balls that you kind of just throw up to AJ Brown, of course, and he did that, you know, three or four times and he comes down with it because he's AJ Brown. The touchdown is an example of that. The you know, the the cornerback, you know, I'm sure it was a very difficult route to cover and everything, but uh, the cornerback just didn't do what he should have on that, and he kind of just threw it up. And he threw it up in, you know, triple coverage a couple times, A.J. Brown, like I said, that's fine. And then there's, like, Joe Burrow throw it up, where it has more of a purpose, it seems like, you know, with, with Chase and Higgins and all that stuff.
0: I like that you brought up Burrow as the counterpoint because – I would say Joe Burrow has a better wide receiver room than I would say they're about the same. hmm, I would take Jamar Chase and T. Higgins over AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. It's not it's not like a huge difference, but it's I would definitely take the Bengals wide receiver room. Who had more
1: yards this year?
0: Who had more yards?
1: Yeah, AJ Brown or anyone on the Bengals.
0: I don't know. Jamar Chase missed quite a few games. I
1: know. That's what I'm saying. So you'd so, have to
0: go see, by a per game basis. they are there, dude. All right. Anyway, I don't know. I think I think you are just isolating a handful of throws that every quarterback makes that may not be the best decision. I mean, Patrick Mahomes threw 12 picks this year. Now, it's not like he was perfect. I I don't know. I I think you're I think you're cherry picking stats against him. I think it's a hot way to start off the pot.
1: this is all based on visual i don't I don't look at stats tanner. This is a visual well, that sounds like
0: the problem performance, okay? The visual performance was that was possibly one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback performance in the Super Bowl ever
1: other than he should' made that popcorn and an easy scoop and fumble
0: and yeah. so, I mean that's his one turnover of the game,
1: okay. Patrick Mahomes didn't have one.
0: No, the and Chiefs if he did, the Chiefs wouldn't have won that game.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if he Anyways, had a single turnover, they weren't winning that thing. game. He made some amazing throws. He did. Jalen Hurts. Um, got her. You know, that catch on the sideline where he kind of trapped it against his helmet. Amazing. I mean, that's concentration on both ends. Great throw. Everything went well. Yeah, you know, I know his shoulder still probably not, you know, peak performance. And look, he could be a great to elite quarterback if he is healthy. No one usually is other, you know, you know, when they're hurt, there's always something wrong um, with your performance, not like just in a general sentence, because that's just redundant. Um, But that throw that end of the game throw, man, there must have been some heavy wind or that arm is just completely weak.
0: Yeah, he can't. Just because he can't yeah. make a 70-yard throw that maybe Josh Allen could have got there with?
1: No, I don't think it was like, I don't know. No, just... it,
0: that, that was not a good throw, but that is not an, an indictment on any part of his play the rest of well, the this
1: game. Well, that's why I think his shoulders hurt, is because that throw at the end of the game. I'm not saying, like, he should have thrown it further. It wouldn't even matter, really, but
0: I don't I'm think. I'm surprised he... they even went with the Hail Mary. They should have ran the old, yeah. uh, what is it, the pitchy-pitchy-woo-woo. That's what they should have ran there. school yard uh, bullshit. yeah, exactly. Well, I thought it was an absolute banger of a Super Bowl. Oh, it was phenomenal. yeah two best teams in the NFL traded punches back and forth all night. both quarterbacks put on a clinic, in my opinion. The Eagles pretty much did what they want on offense almost the entire game. and you know then the second half, the chiefs they just put the just they went to settings and put it back on rookie mode for the second half because then they just I mean it was just too easy for them.
1: Yeah, no, it was, uh, uh, you know, the most efficient offense I think I've ever seen. You know, the Eagles game plan was perfect. Keep Mahomes off the field. Is yeah,
0: it was great uh, for the first half and, you know, part of the third yeah. quarter.
1: Maybe it, was, it should have been reversed because, I mean, maybe if you hit his ankle a couple more times on the field, it, you know, he doesn't have that performance. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Kelsey kind of looked banged up too, but he, he toughed it out with his back and everything. You know, great plays after great play, great catches, you know, runs. It wasn't really a, McKinnon and um, Pacheco. Pacheco is, I mean, he just runs it hard. He's going to have a maybe a three-year career in the NFL the way he runs it. He's going to get banged up, you know.
0: His running style is like a Dustin Pedroia swing. Like, there is just everything behind it.
1: Uh, yeah, like a Prince Fielder, or like, uh, who else swings heavy? I can't even think. It's almost baseball season. Javi Baez. Javi Baez. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good uh,
0: example. I, one thing I want to start with before I really get into all of my points is, yes, it was a holding call. Yeah. It was definitely a holding call. Was it touchy? Yes. Can Eagles fans be mad about it? Yeah. Yeah. But it was still a holding call. Like, <laughs> And it doesn't matter what part of the game. You know, that play happens, and it was a hold, and it was called. Uh, I'm going to try and look up. Uh, I saw, I can't remember who it is on Twitter. Someone try to find it here in a little bit so I can give credit. Um, Good for you. Basically just saying, like, you know, trying to patiently explain to the cop that pulled me over that I'm in the final two minutes of my drive. You can't give me a speeding ticket now because I had a flawless drive all the way to work.
1: Yeah, I have State Farm, so it tracks me. I can't. Yes. Yeah, so.
0: But point being, it doesn't matter what point of point of the game it is. Like it's if the ref sees it, it's a penalty. He's gonna throw the flag, right? It reminded me a lot of last year's Super Bowl. Really touchy holding call inside the five to set up the Rams with a fresh set of downs and get the game winning touchdown. That was a lot more touchy than what we saw on Sunday. Sunday was a little more obvious. Again, it was still touchy, but it wasn't nearly as bad as what we saw last year. And I think everyone kind of forgot about that. But yeah, when you get to the biggest moments of the game, it doesn't matter if it's Super Bowl or Week Four. When you get to the biggest point of the game, the refs really bring their eagle eyes out. Even if they're old geezers, they bring out those eagle eyes. It's always been that way. Yeah. We knew there was going to be some call that was going to be controversial, and They've I I got to side with the ref made. on this one.
1: Like there are some obvious ones, but I mean they let them play, which is what you need to do to Super Bowl. Yeah, for the most part.
0: Yeah, uh, they let them yeah. play.
1: No, I mean it was it was it was a good game. Obviously entertaining, and you know if
0: you have any other points, shoot them. All right. Oh, here it is at Coops FB. Cooper Adams patiently explaining to this cop that he really isn't supposed to be calling speeding in the final two minutes of my commute after such a good drive. Uh, which also reminds me of the Juju Smith Schuster tweet. Where he tweeted out "Happy Valentine's Happy Valentine's Day, everybody!" A picture of James Bradbury saying "I'll hold you when it matters most." Uh, that was a fun little back and forth between those two. I think Juju got the best of it. Fair enough. Uh, all right, so we talked. Uh, we talked on the last episode on the Super Bowl preview that the Eagles' defense had not really been tested this year, and when they were tested this in the in the regular season, they were giving up thirty plus points, right? Now they had an amazing game plan, like you uh, mentioned earlier, and that was just keep Mahomes off the field, right? I think the Chiefs only had what five possessions or something like that going into the fourth quarter. They only scored seven offensive points in the first half because the other touchdown was on the defense, and the time of possession was like three to one. I think it was twenty-two to eight going into halftime. Time of possession sounds about right, but ultimately it was enough to stop Patrick Mahomes, which is why I put all my money on him. Eagles were able to get no pressure at all. Right? Zero sacks. Yeah. I think did that was you a...
1: money this weekend.
0: I did. Yeah. 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 I'll uh go over the bets later. Um, but I had a nice Sunday. But yeah. Wow. They were getting no pressure. That Chiefs offensive line looked completely different than what we thought we were gonna get, right?
1: I mean, I didn't know what they looked like anyway, so I mean, fine. <laughs> well, I mean,
0: they haven't been that good this year, honestly. I mean, they have one of the best centers in the game, Creed Humphrey. Their left guard, Joe Thune, is pretty good. But their tackles have not been good this year. Orlando Brown on the left side, he's supposed to be that anchor. But I forgot what the PFF pressure rate was, but he was like top four for left tackles, I believe. I could just be making this up off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure. Maybe it was just in the playoffs, but he was giving up a lot of pressure on the left side. And then Andrew Wiley was one of the worst starting right tackles in football this year. Nice. But then they shut down that pass rush. Sweat, yeah, Reddick, Davis, Sue, shut it down.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, a couple of pressures, and Mahomes is so smart in the pocket that either he got rid of it pretty quickly, um, even if they did mess up, or he, you know, even evaded. We saw it a couple of times where you know it's it was so dramatic every time he ran the ball or got tackled. Um, because of that ankle situation and really it's it was that you know (laughs) it was going to be one of those tackles from behind that was going to hurt him and it did before halftime um again though good timing i guess to get hurt but um but no yeah he evaded it very well the he got rid of the ball um yeah no
0: yeah i was not any
1: deep shots but i mean he was efficient you know 10 15 yard throws still um, you know, with Burrow's when he was struggling with his line, Burrow, uh, you know, those passes were screen passes or uh quick slants to Jamar. But I mean, still they were still getting a pretty good chunk of yardage each play, um, running it or throwing it without any, you know, you know, if there was pressure and everything too. So,
0: yeah, on the Eagles' side, their offense. I mean, they, I mentioned earlier, but they pretty much did whatever they want the entire night, right? You. There's just no way to stop their rugby scrum play. When it's third and one or fourth and one. Yeah.
1: There's just like no way to stop it. There was one time they got close. Very I mean, Chris, close Chris
0: Jones it. just said F it at one point and tried to go over the top. He did that every time after too. So. But it's just like, well, Jalen Hurts is the one quarterback that can carry Chris Jones. <laughs> right. Because he didn't have any footing at that point. So he can't plant and push back. So it's yeah. just Jalen Hurts who can squat two Chris Joneses. And I I just, I feel like the NFL is going to come up with some sort of rule against that scrum play. Well, it used to be a
1: rule and everything, and,
0: uh, I I mean, if it's just for one yard, I mean. Well, I I don't know what it would be if they're going to take away allowing you to, like, aid the runner, or if they're going to keep, like, O-linemen from going into four-point stance, which wouldn't really work because D-linemen going four-point stance. I don't know. But I feel like they're going to come up with something against, like, the competition committee is going to. Try and look for a way to not make that such an automatic thing.
1: I don't think it's on their the top of their agenda because like I said, it's only for short yardage and I mean that it's not like they're holding they're not you know two fouls no well, you
0: can't you can't see what's going on in that <laughs> thing <man. laughs> um yeah, but it just it, for the on the chief's defensive side you know, especially outside of that early that, that first half touchdown. It just had to be demoralizing on that chief's defense every third and long the Eagles were converting, and then if it got to third and mid, it was automatically two down territory, and especially if they crossed midfield, it was automatically two down territory and you know if they got inside like two or three yards, that was going to be a first down like it just it had to be demoralizing every time,
1: yeah, no I mean. And also, like the more people see it, obviously, hopefully, um, you know they they crack that code maybe once or twice. Like, I mean, Jones going over, yeah. I mean, you you have to go over. You can't go over the center, obviously. Um, I don't think you can. Can you still for like even if it's not a kick?
0: Oh, that's only that's only on kick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's only on and, a, uh, a kickoff try. You can't go over the center. I mean, the line snapper. them up
1: differently. Um. You know, go over, grab them, kind of pull them down. I mean,
0: well, it's going to happen next year. Yeah. yeah. The defense is going to get so focused on the inside. You're going to start seeing more of that pitch outside. We saw the Jags do it in the playoffs against the Chargers to seal the game. We saw the, I think the Eagles ran it uh, in this game. Uh, But you're going to start seeing that a lot more, I think. Yeah.
1: I mean, they deserve it. They made something super efficient, and teams got to, yeah was something about it
0: so. absolute cheat code <laughs> it's absolute cheat code uh the, i felt like my the two biggest turning points for me in the game because it felt like all right first half i'm sitting there i'm sweating my bets i had a lot towards the chiefs and the turning point where i felt confident back with my bets is second half kicks off it's 24-14 the chiefs march down score a touchdown it's 24-21 at that point and then the eagles get the ball back and they end up settling for a field goal So they make a one-score game, a one-score game, and now it's 27-21. And I'm sitting there thinking, all right, well, Mahomes just marched down the field, and they looked good. They looked right. And this time, they get the ball back. They're going to do it again. They're going to march down the field again and score. And this time, they're going to take the lead because the Eagles finally weren't aggressive. And I don't remember what the down and distance was when they kicked the field goal. I don't. It was probably uh, like fourth and eight or maybe long. I don't remember. But it goes to 27 21. I felt confident. Eagles are, or the Chiefs are going to go down and score here. They did. They take the lead 28 27. And I started feeling good about my bets again. But then later, I started getting worried again because it really started. I felt like late started to feel like it was going to be the Chiefs game. First one was third and nine. They take the delay a game to go to third and 14. The Eagles do. They don't burn the timeout, they take the five yards and then they still convert on third and 14 they still convert the first down with dallas goddard and then later it was the challenge of the dallas goddard catch that you mentioned earlier the double catch on the sideline kansas city challenged it it looked like there was no way it was going to get overturned i mean we still don't really know what a catch is in the nfl right there's no one on god's green earth that's 100 sure of what is and what isn't a catch and when it's to that point where you got to look at it more than twice, it's going to stay with whatever was called on the field. And it just felt like it was a desperation challenge by Andy Reid of maybe we'll get something to go our way and screw it. I'm just going to burn this time out here. That's kind of what that challenge felt like, but they still were able to obviously pull it out at the end.
1: Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent, but no. Yeah. I mean, absolutely phenomenal game. I uh, yeah. can't, you can't dog anyone you know, the field suck. That's the, about field, it. the field yeah. did suck. I, why I are they think cutting that's been so short enough. now. Like I know speed is like, you know, the, you know, the thing in the NFL, but like, why is the grass so goddamn short? Like
0: I could let it tell grow. You. I'm not let a grass grow, expert. Man.
1: I know. I, Maybe I'll ask him.
0: I did think for the chiefs though. One of the biggest things was, and they got contributions from just everyone. Right. Like, Kadarius Tony gets the touchdown and has the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. Juju showed up and had a good game. Sky Moore found the end zone. Shout out to the Mizzou alum, Nick Bolton. He had the scoop and score. Uh, he actually had another fumble uh, that he recovered, or returned for a touchdown, but it ended up getting uh, overruled as yeah. an incomplete pass to Miles Sanders, which I, I personally, which my opinion means absolutely nothing, I think that's a catch. Because he catches the ball, he plants two feet, and he turns upfield. So that's technically a football move. Now, they said on the broadcast it was all about the timing. He didn't have enough time to possess the ball. But I think if you plant two feet and you turn upfield, that's a catch. And, yes, I had money on the Chiefs. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so here's what I hit. Uh, First, I'll go over what I didn't hit. I did not hit any of the first touchdown props. I did not take Jalen Hurts. Initially, Kenny Gainwell had the first touchdown rule. that got uh, overruled down at like the half-yard line. But when Gainwell scored, I got up off the couch. I was pissed. I was like freaking Eagles using eight different running backs every freaking series. Had to give it to Gainwell because I had a Miles Sanders first touchdown. Goes to Gainwell. He gets ruled short, and that's when it hit me like, oh, God, now Jalen Hurts is going to sneak it in. I don't have him either, but I did have first touchdown jersey number over 11 and a half which would have washed over i had it i had it over so game um, while scoring i would have just washed i would have broke even between first touch on my first touchdown so when Hertz scores i lost more so that one really sucked um but then chiefs line up for the field goal attempt i threw some money down on a doink That thing goes up in the air. It starts curling left. I got up off the couch. I started going to the kitchen. It doinks. I did a little celebration lap. Uh, So that was my first win there. (laughs) That one felt good. I've never been more excited to see a doink. And it was weird because I was rooting for it on that kick, even though that would have benefited the Chiefs because I had my money on them. But ultimately, I ended up winning. Uh, I had Chiefs money line was my biggest bet. Uh, I actually doubled down on Mahomes MVP. I had two separate tickets for that. Um, I had the doink call. And then I had the Chiefs team total over 24 and a half. So overall, I cashed five tickets. Yeah. Yeah. I cashed five tickets there. And uh, did you just do the over two in the game? I did not touch the actual game over. No, Um, I considered hedging my Chiefs money line bet with the over plus Eagles Mm -hmm. um, spread, but I decided not to hedge it. Thankfully, I didn't. Um yep. oh and I also uh for those of you who uh like to participate in fantasy football on Sleeper check and see if you're eligible for their overrunner contest it's essentially just um prop bet parlays and I hit one of those as well so are they doing XFL? I don't think so. Yeah. No. I uh I've been looking for some XFL stuff. I need to look at altfantasy.com. I'm actually going to do it right now. That is where we ran the Fantasy XFL League last time. I'm going to oh, try and get that going. If they have it again this year. It was a mess a last wild time.
1: Thing. But... If, you, if you bet on that first week of the XFL, that is wild, though. You don't know what the heck is going to go on.
0: I am, crazy. I'm I'm going to go see if my – I do not think my book here has XFL lines. But if they do, I'm going to take a small chunk of that uh, Super Bowl winnings and put it on the Battle Hawks.
1: Sunday at two east or central time.
0: Yep. But we're not there yet. Uh, two commercials that I wanted to go over. The Gronk commercial for the FanDuel kickoff was the dumbest thing in I've ever seen in my life. It was the dumbest marketing tool. So much wasted money. First off, it wasn't even live. It was hyped up the entire time like it was going to be live there on the field at some point. It was not even live. Yeah, and it was just so hyped up. FanDuel ran so many commercials about it, and it was just a total dud.
1: Pork rock, too. I mean, that's that's going to be humiliating. 100%. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you're going to pre tape it, you might as well let him hit it. You might as well. Yeah. Especially yeah. you're going to go ahead and give the money away. Uh, and Tubi had the meanest commercial of all time by making everyone think that they sat on their remote. Yeah, I knew it right away. Sorry. <laughs> well, I I realized it right away too because the remote was on the table. Um, yeah. <laughs> my, my there's definitely yeah. my my significant other had dozed off watching the game, and I knew as soon as it went to that commercial that it was going to wake her up, and sure enough, it did, and she wakes up and goes, "What are you doing?" She thought I was flipping through uh, all the Roku apps. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things of the night. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
0: what's the other commercial? Oh wait, that was the That was the, that was the two. Yeah, that was the two.
1: Yeah, I don't remember a lot. Um, the like the wordplay with the names was pretty fun. With Kevin Hart and the, I, I guess he does does he do um DraftKings? Yes. Like Undertaker. Um, I don't I don't remember, but it was like a whole bunch of like you know play on names and stuff about gambling. That was a good one. But that's the only one I really remember. No really sad Budweiser one except for the dog that's getting old. I don't even know what that one was, but I was just sad.
0: Oh, uh the oh, what was that? The farmer's the farmer's dog or whatever it's called?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, the yeah. whole
0: time I'm watching that commercial, yeah, of just the life of the dog, I'm like if they show this dog die, oh, yeah. I swear <laughs> to god. <laughs> yeah. I'm writing an angry letter to this company. I think
1: that <laughs> that company would have would go under the next day. <laughs> uh but oh yeah good good content the uh yeah rihanna didn't sing like a single part of that halftime show
0: no but i mean she was up there
1: i mean super pregnant yeah power to her being super (laughs) pregnant and uh you know trying to do this I, i mean it's probably health wise not the greatest thing to be completely exhausted and overheating and know doing all that stuff so uh,
0: yeah i don't know how smart it is to you know she looked pretty far along there and then i would have been scared to get up on that little thing and be risen that high in the stadium so yeah but i honestly i forgot how many bangers she has
1: oh i mean a lot of college like our our college age (laughs) and like high school she was she was hot she had the bangers
0: so <laughs> I was just so excited for run this town. I was waiting for it the whole time. That one dropped. I was, I was pretty excited for, uh, yeah, it's a good song. Good song. Uh, I did just want to give one quick shout out before we move on here, uh, to everyone who participated in the fantasy playoff contest that I ran. Uh, we were able to raise a little bit of money for charity. Half of the money is going to the chasing MS foundation. Uh, the contest, it was a fun, right? I want to thank everyone again who entered Shout out to Ryan McDaniel for coming in first place. Uh, he took over in the Super Bowl, one of two people uh, in the contest to play Jalen Hurts. Uh, Rusty Algar, congrats on coming in second. Uh, those were the two that placed in the money. Also, nice job. Good going, John Hevner. Uh, you literally led the entire contest until the Super Bowl, and then you blew it and somehow managed to not even uh, place in the money. So Shout out uh, again to everyone who did play. Thanks again. And I'm excited to run another one of these next year. Uh, just something a little fun of a fantasy twist to it uh, to enjoy while you're watching the playoffs. There you go. All right. Good job. All right. And now that the NFL season's officially over, it's time to turn our attention towards another football league that has been missing in our lives for the last three years. We can finally fill that hole in our heart. Like Paul Blart putting peanut butter on the pie heals the cracks of the heart. The XFL is officially back. Our battle Hawks are back. We do love our battle Hawks. We are an official battle Hawk podcast call is the law. I am so excited for 2 PM central time on Sunday when the battle Hawks kick off their season on the road versus the San Antonio Brahmas, those fat cows are going to learn some call and order. Wow.
1: Are you gonna have to start drinking White Claws again too?
0: <laughs> Ooh, I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> All right, let's hear it, Tanner. At, we can't be an official podcast <laughs> if we don't at least could call
0: I haven't called in so long. I don't know my voice is ready. My
1: voice is gonna be terrible. Hold on, let's clean it out. You want me to do it first?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's hear it.
1: <laughs> that was like, like a crow, though. That wasn't yeah. a battle.
0: No, sorry, that had that it. had no armor on it. Yeah, uh, this is gonna get Bow upset. <laughs> that was that's that's gonna that was sound so bad that's gonna sound so bad
1: you could have done it up to the uh, mic it wasn't that loud
0: i i felt like that needed to get away from the mic <laughs> so now we are uh, now we we are official. we are i need okay. i thought about dming them but then i was like what am i gonna say
1: who cares
0: just do it yeah the official battle Hawk podcast you
1: got the rocks email
0: No, I was just, I was on their page looking for a, uh, looking for a graphic or I was looking for their alt logo. They tweeted out and, uh, that's what I saw. Their DMS are open. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so here's the first week schedule for all of you dying to know. So just to kind of reintroduce you to the teams, some of them are, will be familiar. So you have the Vegas Vipers. They are at the Arlington Renegades on Saturday at uh, 2 p.m. Central on ABC. That is the official kickoff of the XFL Vipers at uh, the Renegades. And then that night, you'll see the Orlando Guardians at the Houston Rednecks or Roughnecks. Sorry. Uh, I know Uh, the Roughnecks had what was going to be the most likely the the MVP of the XFL last time of PJ Walker. uh, And they were the Battlehawks biggest competition. Uh, And then Sunday, that's when the real action starts Battle Hawks again go on the road. Fat Cows, San Antonio Brahmas uh, at 2 p.m. And then that's on ABC. And then the Seattle Sea Dragons, formerly the Seattle Dragons, now the Seattle Sea Dragons at the DC Defenders. Both of those um, are teams from the last time as well. That kicks off at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Are you I can't be wait.
1: Spotted cow while we beat the cows?
0: I have, I could, I can't. I have dry February going on. But Mardi Gras is Saturday. Uh, that's I don't really live in yeah, a Mardi you Gras area like anymore.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like
0: have a parade or
1: anything for St. Patrick's Day there. St. Patrick's Day or Mardi Gras? Yeah, well, both. But
0: um, I don't really know. I Where don't, do you guys
1: like? If they did a parade, if you won the Super Bowl, what street would it be on?
0: It'd go down. There's like, I mean, there's Holmgren, there's Oneida, Lombardi. It's not
1: just like one big road that goes here. Like downtown, it's not even downtown. Well,
0: it? it's either it would either go up Holmgren or or Oneida, and then run into a Lombardi because that goes around the stadium. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know where it would start and finish. I wasn't up here for the last <laughs> one. <laughs>
1: uh, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, uh, Hawks. Yeah, official podcast. You heard it first. So. Yeah.
0: So I did not realize they were doing this. They're doing divisions. So we are in the XFL North with the D- DC Defenders, Seattle Sea Dragons, and the Vegas Vipers. So the kind of
1: civil war we're having here. That's
0: I mean, that's a that's a pretty tough north right there. Uh, so we'll be looking to defend the north. We need some Jon Snow gear. You have a shirt on. Oh right. dude, where he draws the sword. If I was better at like that stuff, make where he draws the sword with all the horses yeah, charging, yeah. just yeah. make it the battle hawk logo with the sword. And the wings,
1: eh, we'll see. We'll see. Ah,
0: someone do it. Someone I'll, do it. I'll create uh,
1: something, but I need like way more photos because there's like nothing. To
0: have so, the XFL South is really where the Civil War is because it's basically just Texas and Orlando. Because there's three teams in Texas Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio, and then Orlando. So, that's your XFL South.
1: They don't have to travel that much. That sucks.
0: Except when they have to go to Orlando. <laughs> I
1: mean or, I mean at least they're going to Orlando. That's true. Yeah. Isn't hurricane season coming? I is it ever not
0: hurricane season?
1: Well, it's usually just a change of temperatures. I I don't which know. Which is like I don't know, like winter to spring and uh spring to fall. All
0: right, thank you for the meteorology (laughs) lesson. Uh, (laughs) uh, I think we are, there is a little trouble in paradise here. I think we already have an issue with, with the schedule makers of the XFL. Some some straight up bullshit going on here. So week one, right. We play on, we play on Sunday Mm -hmm. and the Seattle sea dragons play on Sunday, both, Mm -hmm. both of us on the road. But then we play the short week against each other. We play the first Thursday night game. Why wouldn't you have well, the first Thursday night games be people at- who played on Saturday? I mean, that at least one even ground. No that makes no sense. But yeah, but we're back on the road. Oh yeah, yeah. So we got to go down to Texas, and then we got to go all the way out to Seattle on Man. a short week. So that just—it really just doesn't make any sense. Why you wouldn't have the first Thursday oh, games be Thursday. two teams that played on on a Saturday? You know,
1: I didn't even know there's Thursday games, dude.
0: Yeah there's that's there's like not many that's like the only one no there's two <laughs> oh seattle gets both of them so that kind of sucks for them but at least they play the saturday before the next one.
1: Oh, there's a friday game too with seattle it was seattle, <laughs> <laughs> seattle must have some conflict with their stadium or something
0: <laughs> has to be yeah that's probably what it is for some reason the xfl is not probably is the biggest priority for some of these it will be in st louis not a lot going on in that one. On Friday? No, I just meant in general. Friday night tilt.
1: Okay. Anyways,
0: so I do have some good news. I went and looked up the betting odds. So I found the DraftKings sports book has their betting odds out. XFL champion, best odds. Your St. Louis Battlehawks plus four hundred. Really? <laughs> yeah, they are the favorites. I honestly think it's because of last time uh they were like the second favorite and then had the best atmosphere best crowd and now they're they're probably going to have the most hype so uh Seattle's actually second best at plus 450 and then it's the Arlington Renegades, Vegas Vipers, the Roughnecks, the Brahmas at plus 850 or no sorry plus 650. The DC Defenders are also plus 650 and then the worst odds, the Orlando Guardians at plus nine hundred. They are expected to be the worst team, and I think last time this came around, I think the Renegades were like had the best odds preseason, and they end up being not good. Yeah, and they had the same coach, Bob Stoops. Ouch.
1: Okay, here's. Uh, I know we're gonna talk about players and some stuff and some rule changes. The dome is gonna be rocking though. Obviously, yeah. I'll try well, to go. To co- I'll try to go to a couple <laughs> games for you. Okay
0: yeah uh, um and then i'm thinking we might do we might try and do a ticket giveaway again we could pop- possibly do that for sure what could go wrong i mean the last time we did a ticket giveaway going into that game covid shut down the entire world so Can't i mean what again. what could be worse than that right they
1: go bankrupt before that that game yeah they don't pay their players again be a
0: shame. We, we got the rocks money this time it's fine he goes and does san andreas too and where you're funding the second season.
1: Yeah, but he got kicked out of freaking Fast <laughs> and Furious, so he's not yeah. getting that money.
0: They're, I mean, they only have what, maybe 10 more films to go before that series is finally done?
1: No, they said Paul Walker makes their appearance in 10. <laughs> Probably his gravesite, dude. <sighs> ROP. Anyway. All right, anyways. <laughs> Obviously, Stark QB from Alabama, who. Might be, might look like the most unathletic person on this planet.
0: AJ McCarron. Um,
1: We know he's got some game, though. We do know he's got some game. He he won a national championship.
0: Yep. I believe that was the game that Brent Musburger was going all googly eyes on his girlfriend, or maybe fiance, fiance at the time. I don't know what it was, but yes, Um, because it was a blowout, wasn't it? Yeah, was that the uh, Notre Dame? Notre Dame, Alabama?
1: I think it was.
0: I think Monte you're right. Monti Is, it, no, is that, that his name?
1: Monty Teo? Yeah, the yeah. guy with the catfish.
0: Yeah, it was that, it was that game. That was the blowout. Bama-Notre Dame. I think McCarron was the quarterback for that. I think that was like 20 years before that, Tanner. No, look it up, man. That was like 2015. I don't think it was. I thought he was way before
1: that. No. Okay,
0: hold on. I'm looking it up. You you talk about right. the and stuff. So, yeah, A.J. McCarron, he backed up the uh, Bengals, backed up Andy Dalton for a little while. Uh, Let me get my roster sheet pulled up here. Oh, come on now. It's not loading. All right, A.J. McCarron. Manny Wilkins just got signed. He's the other quarterback for us, along with Nick Tiano. I don't know. Uh, But Manny Wilkins, fun fact, was UDFA, signed as a uh, UDFA for the Packers in 2019 was on the practice squad and then cut in April of 20. So a nice cup of coffee there running back, Brian Hill from Bellevue, Illinois, former running back of the Atlanta Falcons, Marcel Aitman wide receiver had a nice stint with the Raiders. When I say nice, uh, he probably has the most NFL experience besides AJ McCarron, Hakeem Butler, former wide receiver of the Arizona Cardinals used to be my guy. Um, For like in dynasty purposes, he just never really panned out. So I think I'm thinking big things for Hakeem Butler in the XFL. Austin Prol, two things with him. First, son of former St. Louis Ram, Ricky Prol. Okay. Secondly, he scored the first touchdown in the revamped XFL of 2020. He was with Seattle. Nice. And then my last notable name is Darius Shepard. Uh, he was a wide receiver that also had a cup of coffee with Green Bay uh, like two or three years ago.
1: All right. You know what's really messed up is I got AJ McCarran wrong mixed with homeboy from Patriots. I don't know why. When I Mac Jones? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it, yeah. Anywho, I know who it is now, guys.
0: All right. Was it 2015 Nat, Natty?
1: No, it was uh, Victories 12 and 13.
0: Twenty twelve Natty. Yes. So
1: he is a All lot right. older than I thought.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Dude, I didn't know Josh Gordon was gonna be in this league.
0: Yeah, he was a late signing. So
1: and uh Martavius Bryant. You got the yep. home the, the homeboy. I don't want to say that. You got the homegrown uh kicker. What's his name? Something King.
0: Oh, Marquette King.
1: Marquette. Marquette
0: King. Yeah, there's a couple no. former Battle Hawks that are now somewhere else. Marquette King, uh, I think he's in Vegas. I think so. And then Matt Jones, who was uh, our main running back, he he's I can't remember what team he's on as well, but he's also somewhere else. Uh, yeah, Josh Gordon's on Seattle. Uh, Paxton Lynch, if you remember him for the Broncos, he is on the Orlando Guardians. Vic Beasley former linebacker in the nfl he's with vegas um yeah martavis bryan is with vegas kalen balaj was just in the nfl from the last uh year or two he was just on the dolphins not too long ago he's on the brahmas so there's some more notable names for you let's see um some other quarterbacks for you kyle slaughter preseason darling he's with the arlington renegades uh, Luis Perez, he was a uh, former XFLer for the Guardians last time. Now he's with the Vipers or not yeah. the Guardians. Uh, yes, the New York Guardians. Uh, they're no longer a team. Uh, Ben DiNucci, if everyone remembers him from the year oh, Dak yeah. uh, had your that roommate. cramp, but it was a broken ankle. Yeah, uh, former cowboy there. He's with Seattle, not your roommate. Who's the Green Bay guy? I got ben. ben Kirk, mm-hmm. yeah, Ben Kirk. He was reportedly signing with the XFL. I want to say he was assigned to Houston, um, but then he backed out. It was prematurely reported. He never officially signed to do anything. So, What is um, he doing? I think he's just, I don't know. He's living in Florida, man. I follow him on Twitter. Looks like he's just living his best life right now. Uh, he had a short stint with the Niners this year. Very short. Yes. Yeah, I did not stay with him very long. Uh, Marquette Kings with the Arlington Renegades. um, Yeah, Martavis Bryant with the Vipers said that. Cody Latimer, wide receiver. Slot guy for the Guardians. Yeah, it's all I'm seeing right what, now.
1: What are you predicting our record be this year?
0: Ooh. Well, Who is, we're, who's our head coach? <laughs> so our head coach is Anthony, I think it's Becht. He was a former tight end in the NFL. He played for the St. Louis Rams, um, had a decent career. was never really a big stat sheet guy. Um, of course the game didn't have a lot of stat sheet tight ends at the time, but, uh, let me pull our coaching staff up here. Yeah. Anthony Becht. Um, I want to say he was drafted by the Rams first, and then he went on to play with the jets. Uh, Oh, Ricky Prole is our wide receivers coach. So hey. probably why we ended up getting Austin Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Yeah, those are those are probably the most recognizable names. Ooh, Bruce Gradkowski is our offensive coordinator, former Raiders quarterback.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Man, I mean, I, I'm hoping just for some fireworks. I mean, we, they gave us fireworks. First week last year, didn't they? Uh,
0: didn't we lose first week? Um, no. Battlehawks upset the Arlington. Uh, was what's Arlington? Not the Roughnecks, but the uh, the Renegades. Oh. We upset the Renegades week one last year. Uh, I think McAfee did that Not game. Last he year, was a sideline reporter. Year. Nah, three was years three ago. Years ago. <laughs> yeah, we upset them. We lost to Houston Roughnecks. And the D.C. Defenders, uh, we lost to the Defenders the last game of the season before COVID hit, because so we had L.A. coming into town for week six. But we were 3-2, and two, but we were still looking like probably the second-best team behind Houston, but I think we'd have beat them if we had another shot at them.
1: I think so, too. I mean, what yeah, a, hell so, a hell of a cool QB room that we had, then.
0: You didn't even know it. Yeah, Jordan Tayamu, Taylor Heineke, and Nick Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty solid. Um, we are favored week one, uh, minus two and a half as road, uh, road favorites against the Brahmas. Here's the only thing that really worries me. And then I'm sure everyone else who's not as excited about this is probably already knows, but the highest over under is 37. And that's the first game of the weekend, Vegas and Arlington. So every game is between 35 and a half and 37. In the NFL, you maybe get one game a week that goes under 40, though. And usually it's bad weather, or n- neither one has a starting quarterback playing, or it's going to be not a very exciting game when you see an NFL game total around 40, or if it goes under. Like Pittsburgh versus Cleveland this year, I think is one of the ones that comes to mind with a bad, like a 38 point total. And that was J- Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Mm hmm uh Cleveland and I'm trying to think of like that week was that week 16 or 17 where all the crazy weather came in. We had several games where it yeah. the total was like low forties into the thirties. All of these are high thirties. So I don't know if that's just a sports book trying to play things a little safe because they think it might start slow or if they just know there's not going to be a ton of points. Right. Mm-hmm. But,
1: yeah, no, I think it started pretty slow last time around for sure. You, you you, just need to have, you know, games and figure out, you know, no one could really figure out the XFL, the rules, right. how to benefit from the rules. um, You know, our QBs, I think maybe this time they had a little bit more time to, to prep. Maybe. I don't
0: really know. Well, the biggest thing I would like to see is just the coaches saying, screw it, we're going to just go for it. Because yeah. it felt like a lot of teams were just really conservative the last time around. Like they were playing not to lose versus playing to win. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of hoping because this is the XFL, let's make it exciting. I'd like to see coaches take a lot more chances, right? Like it oh, always yeah, felt sure. like watching the battle Hawk games. you're going to get
1: fired. Oops,
0: yeah, there. right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it always felt like last time, especially with our coaching staff, at the battle Hawks, it felt like they just never wanted to let Te'amu get in a position to make the mistake that would lose the game, right? It was always very safe and conservative play calling. They never really just like... Well, he's not that good of a quarterback either. So, But for the XFL, he was. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was second or third doubtful. best quarterback in the NFL, or in the XFL. I mean, P.J. Walker was was good. Like, he Before was uh, he was the best one there, clearly. But after that, it was probably Te'amu, if not maybe Josh Johnson or Cardell Jones.
1: Do you think the concussion protocol is going to be a thing in the XFL.
0: Yeah. Cause so that's one thing about the XFL is they have so much like sideline coverage and they're really trying to do like a behind the scenes look in the game, right? Like they're going to be constantly interviewing players on the sideline, coaches on the sideline. They're going to, they're just going to have a lot more access to the sideline. And so I think they're going to have to take concussion seriously. <laughs> um Or I think they're going to get too much backlash. It'll be a PR nightmare. What are some, uh, did you go over the rules yet or what? Um. So some they're pretty much staying the same, but I did want to highlight a couple of things. So kickoffs are staying the same. So you're going to notice it'll only be the kicker on their side of the field, and it'll only be the returner near the goal line. All the other 10 players for each team will be lined up five yards apart, and no one can move until the ball is caught. So they did that last time. They had zero concussions. The concussion is the highest percentage play in the NFL or the kickoff is the higher highest percentage concussion play in the NFL. The XFL completely eliminated that because they eliminated the high, um, high speed collisions. So that's going to continue the fourth and 15 onside kick will continue. So instead of kicking off, you can declare you're going to go onside, and you just get the ball back fourth and 15 on your side of the field. Uh, the coaches can, I don't know how many actual challenges they get, but they get one a game that they can challenge any call, whether it's a judgment call or not. So in the NFL, you can't challenge everything, right? If yeah. it was a ref's judgment call, you can't challenge it, right? Like, so, challenge like,
1: like an offsides or
0: something. Like, well, like, like a like, pass interference, right? They experimented with the one year, but then they eliminate it. That's a That's on the ref's discretion, his judgment. You can't review it. Each coach can challenge any single play now. Um, they get one of those. And then the the big one that's I've been seeing getting talked about is the fumble out of the back of the end zone. So you dive for the pylon in the NFL, and I, I assume in college, if you dive for the pylon and you fumble the ball out of the back of the end zone, it is a turnover on you. The defense, it's now a turnover. The other team gets the ball as a touchback. So it goes back out to the 20. They are changing that now. To where the offense retains possession at the spot of the fumble, essentially. So that's kind of a big one. Oh, yeah That's like the Derek Carr rule. Yeah. I feel like he's fumbled that more than anyone else. Um. So those are kind of the big ones. Um. On the rule side of things. Uh. It also from just some some from some from some reading today. It seems like sports books are a little hesitant to really get on the XFL. Until they see it for a week or two. So, yeah, uh, the broadcaster supposedly going to really emphasize like the live lines and a lot of in game betting uh, to try and speed that process up.
1: Man, I'm ready. I need to get some more gear.
0: Oh, <laughs> I should have my gear by Saturday. I think I ordered a new, um, a new long sleeve like pullover. Yeah. Um and then a shirt with the alt logo. I was going to get a hat, didn't get a hat though.
1: You don't need a hat Tanner.
0: No, I kind of just wanted one, but I didn't do it. They did have a really cool looking sock cap that I wanted, but it's not going to really be sock cap weather for most of the season. Uh, nope.
1: So. And the last starts too, St. Louis. Yeah. Uh I think it's next Saturday.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that soon. What do you think St. Louis fans, just in general, fans of St. Louis sports are the most excited about Cardinal spring training, XFL kickoff, MLS kickoff, the blue season to finally be over.
1: (laughs) It goes like this. It goes (laughs) MLS number one.
0: I think so. Yeah. Okay.
1: People are excited about that. Mainly because we're not playing in the shit dome. Um, it's a new, you know, new building. Yeah. Everything. Um, it's exciting. I don't know how we're gonna do in that either. I don't know, like any one of our players. So, uh, it goes MLS number one. Battle Hawks easily number two, though. It's, it's you know, and then way down, Carnal Spring Training. It, it's it's always the same talk in Spring Training. It's so annoying. About is Flaherty going to be healthy? Why don't we have a number one?
0: <laughs> well, who's going to
1: Well, if he stays healthy,
0: yeah. Well, there's your answer, though.
1: So, anyways, it's always well, it's, the same talk.
0: Though. It's, it's the been same the same talk. for a while. Of yeah. they've put it, they've put together a roster that is good enough to make the playoffs when spring training starts. I hope so. But that's it. It's just a roster that should be good enough to make the playoffs. And then, well, if we need to we'll add a piece, we we'll have, do it at yeah. the deadline. Yeah,
1: and then the Blues. I mean, don't count them out. Do not count them out. All right, play tonight. If they win, it's called a winning streak.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it has happened before.
1: <laughs> so yeah, no, but for uh, sure. No, not a lot of people are talking about the Cardinals really that much, honestly. Yeah,
0: so. well, I mean, it's it's only February, right? Like You're that's playing. that's why I emphasized spring training. The baseball classic is coming March eighth, right? I think. Dude. That's going to be, that's going to be fun. This is, this is our team there. This is one of the most exciting, like March Madness sport times post football. Cause usually it's like Super Bowl. All right. How fast can we get to March Madness? But now it's like, okay, dude, we got the world baseball classic. We got the XFL. Like we have sports. I have golf too. I like to watch golf. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, yeah. I used to. I mean, maybe like the, you know, two days after the Super
0: Bowl or like slow. Well, it was always, yeah, let's get like to March that. Madness like and that, the Masters. Yeah, but now it's like we have, yeah. we have stuff in between that we can watch. We don't have to rush to March Madness.
1: Man, Sunday to Thursday. What a week for XFL, dude.
0: Yeah. Dude, did, I guess I'm excited. I'll have my gear on for Sunday. We'll be doing some tweets about it um don't forget to follow us on at 401 pod see when our new episodes drop uh like i said we'll be tweeting a lot more with the xfl uh we're gonna whip together some sort of logo i'm hoping that yeah mashes our our logo with the battlehawk logo so maybe we can get a couple of those so we'll be probably changing all our logos to that for the season so
1: can we be like a sub mls podcast too Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see <laughs> will you watch one game
0: are they going to be broadcasted
1: well, They're on apple tv i think though i still have them.
0: that i um, thought i deleted it but i didn't and then
1: um uh first of all ted lasso is coming back too in march yeah in month, so if
0: i watch some off. ted lasso it might get me in the mood to watch like yeah. at least at least you know the st louis club
1: so yeah prime. primetime games are on easy (laughs) uh fox sports one
0: gotcha okay all right well that's gonna wrap up this episode of 401 i hope everyone's just as excited as we are for the battle hawk season hakeem butler mvp uh we will see you guys next week
1: see ya